We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday new on curiosity stream i'm james burke i'm going to take you on a journey through time james burke's visionary series returns reimagined for our time now this is all uncharted territory the washington post hails burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the western world the new york times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another where do we want to go from here experience all new connections so what's the next connection with monthly annual and bundled plans find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com favorite and Harmon? yeah i get that's the world we're living in Brian Harmon, what a world. That's what we're going to find out right now. Right now here at Stochastic, PGA DFS Strategy Show presented by Prize Picks, the RSM Classic, the last event of the swing season. We're here to break it all down. I am Ben Raz. I'm joined by Jeff Ulrich, Tyler behind the glass. It's going to be fun. We're going to get into it. Tony Vino's withdrawn. We'll talk about what we need to do to attack Sea Island. We'll talk about this field. We'll talk about anything else you want. I just had a wild NFL show with Lofi. The topics there will never be uh, repeated in a show, but we're on the golf <laughs> last tournament. How you feeling? We're going to finish strong, aren't we? Yeah, you know, I mean, like we were kind of all over it last week. If we we were. I mean, we really were. The guys we were, we were talking up, you know, I, I mean, the Woodlands, the Wyndham Clarks of the world. Uh, obviously, we both really like going Fina over Scheffler. Um, I should have made so much money last week, and I didn't because Correct. all my guys bombed out. Just like not bombed out, but just like didn't get in the top 10 at the, at the end. So it was, it was a blood down week considering how right we were about this tournament. And then obviously I didn't bet Fina, I bet like Jason day and Figala instead. So, but yeah, it was, um, it was nice. I mean, it's still a strong week, but felt like definitely left some on the table. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't play a lot of DFS and when I did, I chose South Africans that were just <laughs> terrible Burmeester and e- I mean, EVR, we can just, I don't even want to talk about that. Betting should have made more money. Uh, Wyndham Clark, Patrick Rogers, those types helped a little bit getting inside the top 20, but no one was able to knock on the top five door for me. Um, You know, but still, we're seeing the board correctly. You've got a good tournament here, and that part is exciting. I don't have a ton of takeaways. Uh, Norin was up there. That was another guy that certainly we're always drawn to. Who the hell is I don't even know his first name still. Who is T. Alexander? Oh, Tyson. Your boy. Come on, get out with the Mike Tyson. Get with the knockout here. Seriously. Yeah, 34-year-old grinder. Um, really popped up out of nowhere last week, uh, for being dead honest. You know, he he he's, he won he won the same event on the Corn Ferry two or two years in a row, and he finally got the card last year. I I mean, I don't really have anything to say. I mean, it, I think it's just a one-week pop. It's really good for him. He's basically secured his card for next year. But I'm not chasing it or anything. I know his odds this week have not moved. Like he's still like 250 to one. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you could you could definitely look to sprinkle. But I don't I don't necessarily see anything. You know, I guess you could say he's a veteran player playing on a course that favors veterans. But yeah, you know, it's just a nice story, really, for me. Uh, you know, he struck a well, kind of did everything well. Um, probably would have won if Tony Fino wasn't around. So 
Good for that guy. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. was just even Molinax was up there. Uh, another player, Jaeger, was in the top 10. So there was a lot to build on. Justin Rose was up there. That's yeah. a name we're going to have to get to. But we do turn the page. Uh, is there anything else from Houston that you want to talk about before we well, move to Sea Island? Yeah, kind of. I mean, sure. Like what? What? Are, well, it's just Finau. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on Finau's futures right now? You know, I, I went to look at them after. I was pretty surprised you could still get twenty five to one or bigger pretty much at every major. I I really feel like I mean you can't. How much more do we want to see from Finau until we're like you know, like he should be shorter than like 20 to one. I, I feel mm. like those are fantastic odds for him. Is I'm, there... I'm going to be investing probably in a couple over the next month. I mean, I don't uh-huh. think they're going to move too much over the next month. So yeah, I, I, I think he's going to win a major next year. I mean, that's, that's my take. No, I, and I don't think that's even a hot take. No. Uh, is there, I wanted to kind of just probe a little more. I, I haven't looked at this. When you picture Tony Finau winning a major, right. is he wearing a green jacket? Is he host, you know, is he in Europe? Is he at the US? Like where, where is he? That, well, that's the other thing though. I think he's proven it to us at this point that, you know, maybe like let's for any open of them. out of it. Cause the open is just a crap shoot anyways. I, I think he could do it at any of the first three. Like he's he what top 10 at Augusta the first time we know he hammers the, the par fives and, and what has improved from him? I mean, the short game and the putting, right? Like I think he could absolutely get it done at Augusta. I think if someone's going to upset Rory there, it's probably going to be Tony Finau. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't really have a take about the courses at the the PGA or USA Open yet. I haven't done, you know, again, this is preliminary, just galaxy brain stuff, but I can't, I can't see the US Open venue being bad for Tony Finau either. So I would kind of just, like, I'm thinking about just betting him across the board, the first three. Maybe he gets yeah. on and even ships too, you know, like, but I'm, I'd be fine with him at Augusta. I really do. I think that's a spot where he can get it done eventually. I'm with you there at Augusta. And I love the, I've always kind of used this formula. And I mean, and sadly, Rory almost fits it at this point where it's guys that have, they've gotten experience. R- Rory's obviously knocked on the door a little more, but like, like Patrick Reed is the easiest example. Cause I loved him the year he won where it was like, he didn't stand out, but he had played like Tony Finau has played Augusta now three, four times. And he's, yeah. he makes the cut. Cause it's a super easy cut to make slid into the top 10. He was in fifth gotten those reps and then you know you connect decky like it's that same concept and i think finau could be next in line there it you know he rightfully so i'm not even remotely shocked to bring it back a little bit that he's not playing this week uh he's earned a rest yeah what i mean what um yeah what what incentive is there right you know you go the weather doesn't look that good you know you you play in two different courses i mean yeah it's it's probably smart by him. Yeah, certainly smart by him. And again, he is just, he is rolling. Uh, that's really my biggest takeaway. He sets up to be a serious threat. And I do think the last thing I'll say, and then we will move to Sea Island, talk about prize picks just a second as well. The expectations, I think, definitely have changed. The, the, the stupid narrative that Tony Finau can't win is obviously dead and buried as it always should have been. Exactly. I mean, that that's like, yeah, winning is just, it, it's all, it, it's, it's just so tough that you Luki. just, you, you, it is, I mean, you, you, you just keep putting yourself in position. And I mean, that was the narrative around Kevin Na for a lot before he oh, won Casey. like three times, you know? Yeah. So you've got to keep, keep on these guys. And like, I was, I was never, I admit, like, I mean, I, I was never a guy who was betting Tony Fina consistently, 
mainly just because of the odds. The odds got to a point where it was just, I just didn't think it was good enough to keep investing in it. But yep. at the same time, like this is, <laughs> you shouldn't be surprised now, like if, if that we've gotten like three or four wins from him in a row, I think this was always coming. So without, uh, unless there was some kind of injury or something, because the talent is just so obviously there for Finau. Absolutely. The, the talent is there. It's going to be a big year for him. The expectations will be there as well. But let's move to CI. Let's move even before that to our friends who power the show. They've been with us the entire swing season. PrizePicks.com. A great site. One that I know a lot of you are familiar with, but if you're tuning in for the first time, if you haven't signed up over there, how about getting one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to a $100 deposit bonus? With prize picks, when you sign up and make that deposit, use the link in the description of this video. You see it on the screen. We're going to match that first deposit. What you're doing there, if you're in, a, say, a state that doesn't have betting, not legal just yet, prize picks is kind of that next level. You're projecting over, under on different players, different stats, different categories. You can build them up. You build three, four, five. You get up to 10x if you hit them. If you go four or five, you make money. So it's just very similar to what we're doing already. We're projecting different stats. And the thing we talk about every week, Jeff, They've got categories that you simply can't get elsewhere, fairways hit, and some of these birdie or better props that we can kind of look at the weather and play that game over at Prize Picks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, two courses in play uh, this week, yep. obviously. So when when the stuff comes out, make sure you're taking that into account. Again, plantation course, par 72. So way more birdie opportunities. These courses basically play the same length too, despite that. So Definitely a week where, you know, again, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what they come out with. I'm definitely going to be uh, over the golf uh, or, or onto some golf, I should say, uh, assuming we get like the full the full breadth of like maybe some green and reg props or, or fairways yep. hit. And um, yeah, the, the greens and regs here tend to be like this doesn't have smaller greens like a lot of these shorter courses. So green and regs tend to be pretty high. Fairways hit very high here. It's kind of a linksy style course with bigger fairways. So just keep that in account when you're looking at the, the stuff that comes out. Yep. And then again, you're getting one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum, which means you're getting all our tools for all our sports for a month. That's over $100 value just by signing up and depositing. Let's get into it. You mentioned the two-course strategy. This Not strategy. That's just what we have to deal with here at Sea Island. You know, we had a question about what skill sets you're building up a model and things like that. Obviously, ball striking always, I think, is kind of – it travels everywhere. It's the great equalizer. Putting is putting. When you think about driving distance and off the tee, that's always one that I think is a little variant course to course. Is that something you want to bake in with ball striking or is this not the week to really care about that? It's probably not the week to care about it at all. Yeah. yeah when you, when you're looking at ball striking, I mean, you know, just you look at, at the, the winners, I mean, the Kisners, the Austin cooks of the world, it's just not something that they do well. So when we're talking about ball striking from players like that, it's basically mid to short irons that they're, they're really hammering home. So uh, even just looking last year, Taylor Gooch lost strokes off the tee. Uh, not, not the strength of his game really either. So he's not, he's probably not as incompetent as some of those other players I mentioned and even going down to like Tyler Duncan or something. But um, I think with, with like when you're, when you're looking at like off the tee or ball striking stats, I don't need, think you need to look at like driving accuracy, but it's, it doesn't hurt, I guess. Um, you, when you're looking at, at players and what they're doing off the tee and ball striking, but I really just boiling it down to pure approach stats here uh, for me is the way to go. You can look at those proximity numbers, you know, 175 to 125 yards in that basket and, and see who's trending well. Um, but really this, this course just completely takes all out of the, off the tee, even, even more so than some of the other shorter courses, you know, like there's, there's 
these fairways aren't tight like we get at RBC Hilton Head. They're not, it's not like claustrophobic at like Colonial. This is just like a really kind of wide open, like links little short course. So uh, I think if anything, out of all these venues, this is where off the tee gets de-emphasized the most. Do you think that, I mean, obviously the weather will determine some of this. You got to go low, grind it out. Like, you know, usually around the greens, one of the kind of swings, if you're getting up and down and scrambling, you know, maybe you're saving for par. Whereas in some of these courses, even if you're getting up and down, you're losing strokes to the field because you need to be on the green putting for birdie. Yeah. One thing, again, like this is taking me maybe like a few years to realize, but I feel like the short games around some of these courses, like players who do well on these courses, the short games are different. Like it's like, you need to, you need to be getting up and down from like shorter distances. If that makes sense. Like it's not big expansive golf courses we're playing. You're not really having like 40 shots out, like 40 yards out up and downs. It's like, you're just in the bunker right beside the green, or you're just off the green because the yards. Yeah. Like you're, you're not missing. It's not huge misses here when you miss the green. So I think there's something to be said for not, you want a player with a good short game, but it's kind of got to be like a specific kind of short game. Like that's why we see these Kisners and Harmons do well here all the time. They're just really good at these like tight lies, kind of tight shots. So, um, and I do think that around the green game is going to matter a little bit more this week. Uh, the weather is brought up. Like it's, it's going to be cold, man. Like it's under 60 in terms of the highs all four days. Uh, overcast. So I'm, I'd be expecting like the, the ball striking to be a little bit tougher just from the cold, cooler air. Maybe that brings length a little bit more into to it, but I just, I just don't think this course is long enough to really worry about length too much. I think it'll bring the short games in a little bit more for sure. Could see lower greens and regs. And I think that again, it could just lead to a more random winner too. Uh, a guy who is down there with a good short game, maybe isn't like striking it like some of the other top players, but he'll gain you like, you know, five strokes around the greens or something. So uh, I could see uh, someone pop up this week. I, I think that the, the, the weather and the way it's looking, it's kind of leaning towards that kind of winner. Wouldn't shock me. Well, one thing we know for sure is that the win equity up top isn't exactly uh, <laughs> immense. And Tony Fino has withdrawn. So let's get it started. The top tier. There are two players north of 10K, Seamus and Brian Harmon. Uh you know, it's not even – it's weird to talk about this because, A, it's not really like a true top tier now without Finau, but what do you just – we'll just knock these two guys out and then we'll go to the nines. What do you make of, of Harmon and, and Sheamus at these price points given the field and just given the price point? I don't even know. I mean, you, you certainly don't have to play them. I guess, no. like – I mean, like we know – we've been talking about Sheamus, obviously. You, you've been – uh, a proponent of him and, and this is a good I mean it's it's really like the type of courses where he's been dominating at so I think there's two ways to look at it I mean the the one kind of I mean I, I don't even know how many people are going to be stacking like the top three players you know like or like going power Harmon and like you know maybe one other player from the nines I think that from that perspective you're still getting really good floors with power and Harmon given the way they're playing and just given the setup for them Obviously, the win equity you, you're you're paying up for players who just don't have the normal win equity in this range of it yet. Like there's, yes. there's no, they're probably no different in terms of outright win percentages than like Damon or like McCarthy. But you know you're still getting solid floors and players who have, you know, played a lot of these type of courses. So uh, I think that from for DFS, you know, using both players and and like really stacking the nine K range. I think it'll be somewhat unique, but at the same time, we just have so few options now that I don't even know if it's going to be that unique. So 
Um, maybe just going hyper balanced is, is really going to be like starting with like McCarthy is, is going to be the other way to go. So I don't have a strong take on either one of these. If you're asking me which one to play, I'd probably just keep rolling power. He just looks so confident. I think he's coming into this field kind of field again. And he's just looking like, Hey, I mean, I've done this twice already this year against these guys. I mean, why not make it a third? So, um, Harmon's a guy too, always a little bit hard to get right very random when his putter is going to show up and, uh, and, and sometimes even with the ball striking can certainly get it done, but really no difference between, you know, a, a 10,300 Harmon and like Neesmith at 9,000 for me. So that's the, yeah. So it, I don't think any, I shouldn't say anyone, if you double up and you play Harmon and Seamus together, you're going to have a really different looking lineup this week. Cause everyone naturally sees what we see and is saying like, what's the difference between these guys and the nines? Let me save money. Like why, why would I pay for this? And that makes sense. But at the same time, these guys are, their win equity is not as high as it would be to another 10 K player, but they still are amongst the most likely winners of the tournament. That that's a fact. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Seamus has really struggled here. I think that's more that he wasn't that good of a player five, four, three, four or five years ago. I don't really care about that. If I had to pick him or Brian Harmon, I would pick Seamus. But I think we're already into the discussion that we're going to really spend the most time on is just like, would you rather play Tom Hoagie? Would you rather play Jason Day? I mean, you're saving money and you're getting what a lot of people could argue is a better player. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, again, we're talking like pure best plays value. Yeah. I mean, I think Hoagie and Day are where it's at. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, again, does, is there anyone that it affects? I, I almost wonder if the Finau withdraw affects anyone more than Jason Day. I mean, I, I think Day may be looking at himself now in this field and being like, you know, I'm potentially the best player here right now. And, and it feels like maybe he just gets a little bit of confidence through from that. I'm just kind of just thinking this through in my mind right now, you know, trying to, to do circles here so I can bet Jason Day again. But I don't hate it. Um, Day's played really well at Pebble Beach in the past. He's, he did top 12 of this event two years ago when, again, he was struggling with injuries. So the thing that bothers me about Day is we just haven't seen the putter show up. And if it doesn't show up this week, he's not winning. Like, it's not he's not going to grind out a 12-under par win at this course. He needs to get low. He needs to get to 18, 19-under. But the ball striking's there. I mean, it, it is there. So I think Hoagie is again, you know, really well set up for this. We, he, he's won at Pebble Beach, but day is really intriguing to me uh, at this point. Um, I, 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 I'm going to get some exposure to him. I, if he comes here and, and wins after, you know, me kind of investing over the fall, it would be uh, pretty devastating. He's starting to get it together. I know the putter isn't like atomic or anything. Yeah. He was positive last week. And the last time at RSM, he gained over five strokes putting. So there are some dots to possibly connect with Jason Day. I obviously have no interest in Taylor Montgomery. We saw him lose a half a stroke putting, and that is all it takes because the rest of his game is just not as good as the other 9K players. No problem with, with Hollywood Hoagie. I have trouble. The, the last four names in the nines to me are very interesting evaluations. So we were both, I think, pretty high on Keith Mitchell, and he responded 7.2 with the ball striking, gained another one and a half with the putter. Dahman, more of an iron guy. McCarthy, a putting guy. And Neesmith, maybe the best iron guy. Where do you look here? You know, a lot of these guys have played a good amount in swing season already. 
Yeah, I, I think that like where we're looking right now, um, where I'm looking right now, I mean, I this just feels so perfect for Matthew Neesmith. I mean, it really reminds me of Taylor Gooch coming in here last year too. A lead iron player had played well in the fall, put together some top tens, kind of had a bit of a letdown the week before, then just came and, and kind of just closed the door. Neesmith's got experience playing here. Um, he's shown that he, his, his putter's been pretty confident all fall. Again, like it's a player who just about won earlier in the year at the Valspar. Uh, he was second already uh, on the swing season at the Shriners. Like this is a tailor-made course for a guy who's from the South, who has an elite iron game, doesn't do much off the tee anyways, but certainly not going to get in trouble this course off the tee. And I just like him as a player. Um, I think he's consistent. I think if it get, the weather gets bad, that'll be fine for him too. It'll just put more pressure on people's iron plays, which which is good for him. So that's where I would go. Um, but like you said, like McCarthy, I mean, he's the archetype archetype here that we kind of want to target. And I mean, he has, he's way more inconsistent. We target him and, and he lets us down and then he pops up the next week. But, you know, like a Neesmith McCarthy starting point is pretty interesting to me. Um, I, I think that you could, you could get crazy like that on the other side of it and really go low and, and start with those guys and, and think about like some kind of hyper balance build too. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear to me that, I mean, we're already talking about a crazy variant sport, but like Danny McCarthy is the wildest of the bunch because it's the putter. And I'll even allude just to the sample size of RSM in 2020, he missed the cut here. He lost 1.6 strokes putting. The ball striking was average at best. In 2019, the ball striking was average at best and he came in eighth because he gained eight strokes putting. (laughs) Nothing else changed. That's just what happens. And you're just dealing with, a guy there that does it differently, Neesmith, Dahman, you, you would be more in an outlier situation if they gain strokes putting like McCarthy. So I get it. I, I, and then, I mean, my final question to you, are you comfortable starting with some of these guys and going, as you kind of alluded to that hyper violence, where you have three or four guys within a $1,000 range of each other? I think so. I mean, I think looking at some of the ownership percentages, you're not going to get super low ownership on a lot of these guys, but you can still make it where your, your overall ownership isn't that bad with a lot of these players. Cause you can find players who will probably be, you know, closer to 10 or maybe even sub 10. And then you can just kind of go like that. I mean, you don't necessarily need to go, you know, have like one 5% on play. And, um, and, and, and then the other thing is like, I don't think that many people will be building that way anyways. So it's a tough week to get unique. Like it really is. Like, I mean, we're, we're obviously struggling with it already. We're like, Oh yeah, let's put Seamus and Brian Harmon together. That sounds great. Or, or like start at like $9,000 here. I mean, it's just not something that you normally do, but you got to think a little bit outside the box this week. I think this could even be a case where maybe leave a thousand bucks on and go like really like crazy and, and and go with AK guys. It's just, there's not much difference between, the equ- the win equity in the guys in the 8k range and the 9k range um we got a couple players like i'm like i said i think jason day kind of probably gets a bump but like and then hoagie as well but everyone else kind of just feels like they're lumped in the same category here so um you want unique might be a, a week to just leave a few few hundred bucks or even more off it, it definitely is in weeks like this again you know we're going to talk about it and we've been talking about it throughout the show the tools that you'll, you can get when you use the prize picks promo or anything, it really helps because sorting through these guys just on what they've been doing, it's so difficult in weeks like this because they're all the same player. I mean, if you asked 
you have an event with John Rahm in there or something, and you ask, uh, who's the best player in this field? Basically, everyone consolidates around one guy. Maybe you have a hot take. I'm not joking. If you surveyed 100 people and you asked them who's the best player in this field, I would imagine you would get over 30 different golfers amongst those people. Like you could make a case for dozens of players being quote unquote the best player in this field. Yeah, you would get a very, very wide. Like, I don't even know who I would say. I mean, you no, I know I'm, I'm looking right now and I don't I don't have an answer either. Like, I mean. I would probably say like someone like Davis Riley or someone yeah, crazy, crazy like that. So, and I don't even think that's that crazy. So yeah, that's uh, a, <laughs> that's a good take. It's a really good, good way to think to think about when you're making lineups too. I mean, again, you can, <laughs> you can just pick your, your top six and maybe leave a thousand and be like, these are my top six favorite players. I don't care about the price. Yeah. That's the kind of field it is it's kind of a vent it is too. Like it's, it's double, it's dual courses, you know, like you could get edges uh, on one wave here too. Friday afternoon, I know when I was doing the weather report for the early look article, it was kind of looking like the clearest, it, it may, the, the wind may clear up Friday afternoon. So keep an eye on that as well. Um, wave stacking here, never a bad idea when you're, you've got two courses in play. It's, it's wild. And we're only, you know, let's get to it. Matt Kuchar, Figala, yeah. Patrick Rod, oh, like this is, there is no doubt that the winner could easily come from this range of Rogers yep. Hughes, Pendrith, Webb, Kisner and Rose, Davis, Riley. I mean, you've got names, guys that have been popping up, getting reps. Webb is like, what a weird blend of, of players. Wow. How do you think this range goes? Who are the names that stand out? I mean, Figala really kind of, I mean, he, he really did pay off if he used them last week. I mean, again, just ending with a, a hot round. I really do gravitate back towards him. I just, I like Patrick Rogers. I just like, it's just, it was so classic Patrick Rogers. Yes. Gets himself in position. Just can't take advantage of it. And you can't fault him for losing to Finau, but he didn't lose to Finau. He killed himself on the weekend, which is what he always does. So I don't know. It's, I think biting the bullet and, and taking the 87 Patrick Rogers, not really something I want to do. I think I'd rather go with the again, give him another shot. Um, again, we got that nice fall kind of swing in there. Um, so I, I'd rank him the, the top out of these three. Kucher, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen for him again. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen at this course. He's definitely playing a little bit better. I think 8,900, even in this field, just feels a little, a little dicey. I mean, I, I think you can just pay down for Webb or Kisner in this range, which is completely fine. I think that you will actually be getting low ownership on both Simpson and Kisner, which is it's pretty interesting. Um, and I don't, I mean, look, Kevin Kisner does this all the time where plays like junk goes home, takes a week off. And he's like, yeah, RSM, my moneymaker, let's go. I'm finishing top five this week. And I got no, no qualms going to him. He should peak. If he had any result in the fall, he'd be 15, 20% owned. He's going to be projecting on our ownership. I'll give you guys this one for about nine to 10%. Um, that's great ownership at 8,300. So yeah, I think Kisner in play for me. I'd rather go to him than uh, than up to Cooch. Yeah, I mean, listen, we see we've seen it time and time again with Kevin Kisner. Like, look at the results before his RSMs. Sometimes he's playing well. Sometimes he's playing awful. It doesn't seem to really correlate. Uh, so you can do that. I, I think to me, the, the guy that I'm struggling the most with is Justin Rose. Because if he didn't play well, there's no chance that I would, I would just have, he would be an afterthought, but he did. He looked pretty good at Houston. He was ninth. Now he did it a lot with the putter, 
But that's Justin Rose. That is, in some regards, like peak Justin Rose. I want to see that with Day. I think it's okay that he leaned on the putter. In some ways, I think it's better that he leaned on the putter. He's here. He's been playing. I mean, you talk long-term, Justin Rose is the best player in this field. Absolutely. Like, I mean, didn't he pop up at one of the majors this year, too? Like, I can't even remember. He still shows up, like, yeah, no, occasionally. He- He's not, he's not terrible. Like you said, he's not like the dominant off the tee guy who's going to win the U S open at any point again, but his putter has turned into like a bit of a weapon for him, right. Where he'll go out some weeks and gain like an absurd amount. He's still a veteran player. I mean, this, you know, if, if his iron play, if he just starts getting a little bit of confidence on this course, obviously like a very technical player, you know, like every, everything's kind of got to be lined up for him, but that, that putter has turned into like a very consistent club. And I mean, again, I think Justin Rose gets another win on the PGA Tour, and he probably will. It'll probably come at a course like this. So I really don't, you know, it's interesting. Like Simpson, Kisner, Rose. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions. And yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. New on Curiosity Stream. How do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series Connections returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. I mean... I don't really have interest in Webb. I don't really know what's going on with him. He's, he dealt with injuries. I think just yeah. leaving him out is fine. The, the Kisner-Rose argument is really interesting because, like, Kisner's course history, absolutely give him some credit. But, like, Rose still probably the better player here. And, you know, coming off, like, a, a confidence-building week, I don't, I don't really have any qualms with someone saying, I'm going to play Rose here. And, uh, we, we again, like, I, I'll give you guys some, some projection stuff. I mean, Rose is projected as our top play kind of in this range. So, um, long-term, you know, it, it looks good. Uh, maybe everyone is, has their eyes on day here and it's Rose who kind of steals the thunder. It wouldn't shock me. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got, it's, it's a range that's interesting in that regard because you've got guys like that Kisner Rose Mac Hughes in other ways, but it's similar in that he can just go out and we see, we've seen him do this at RSM. He just gets crazy with the putter. And then on the other side, there is one guy that's completely different. He's more in the Neesmith Joel Dahman bucket and it's Taylor Pendrith who is just really good ball striking, but his short game is so bad that I'm just not sure he can do it. I mean, he's lost off. He's, he's lost around the green and with the putter in five straight. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the putter was such, was basically just going crazy for Pendrith last year. And this is, you know, this is probably more where he's at, like terms of average where, He's get, he's going to great. He's really solid off the tee and stuff like that. He's, he's going to grind you out a lot of mid cuts, but if that, if that putter just doesn't, you know, pop at the rate that it was, I don't know. I mean, you, you could definitely make the argument that he's probably like going to be one of the lower owned plays in this range. But I, I think the other thing with this range is like, I'm just looking, I mean, I, you know, Matt Hughes, considering what he's done this, this fall and with the course history, you'd expect him to be one of the top owned plays, but mm-hmm. it's really not that 
projected to be that highly owned. This this range is going to spread out a lot. So I, I don't think you need to get super contrarian here. I'm fine leaving Pendrith out. Again, I have my qualms with Patrick Rogers at this price. You could definitely go back to him. He's he's still a high end putter, and he he's obviously popped up at this course before. I mean, he just about won it one year, 60, 61, 62 on the weekend. Absurd stuff, but that was gaining ten strokes putting as well. So um, Pendrith and Rogers, not my favorite plays here. I think Pendrith, especially a guy I'd, I'd be out on, and yeah, like a, a little bit intrigued that like Matt Hughes isn't projecting a little higher. I mean, he's got the perfect blend of like form and, and course history, so. Yeah, for for me, and then we can move on to the 7K range. I've soured on Patrick Rogers a lot more on the betting side of things. Uh, I still think for DFS, where get, coming in 23rd might be able to help you, even though it's not what you're shooting for, is a lot more pertinent. Where on the betting side, like I would bet Thigala and Mac Hughes before I bet Patrick Rogers. Uh, yeah. Now he'll win and I'll miss it, but that's okay. <laughs> Smalley, Wyndham Clark. Putnam, Rye, I mean, it's all just names at this point. Will Gordon is a name that is, has yeah. launched himself back into relevancy by playing and making cuts. Nick Hardy is a name that I consistently mention on these shows, uh, a guy that I don't think people realize how good he's played. And now we're yeah. starting to get where, yeah, winning would always be great, but making the cut and giving you a top 20 is starting to really pay off at these price ranges. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Nick Hardy, I agree. Like, it's just his price just seems almost out of whack considering how consistent he's been. But you could say that about Will Gordon as well, right? So, uh, I know some people trying to get on the Harris English train here. He's made four cuts in a row. I guess, um, again, like, there's this, this range kind of <laughs> similar to the eight year range. It just feels like it's not that you can't go wrong, but you can, you can make arguments for everyone from Putnam really right down to like Kirk. I mean, is there anyone here that you like that we just be egregiously against? I, there's no one here for me. Um, I, I I am on the Aaron Rye train. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll throw that out. I, His I really, stats are insane. Yeah, like, it, what he did last week was it's something special. I mean, nine he basically gained I think nine point six strokes around the green and putting combined. Um, weird, but like this is also a player who. Uh, and, and this is why I like him for, for DFS and for betting. He's a, he's a confident dude. Like he knows what he does. Well, he, he went over in Europe and he beat a field. I'm pretty sure it had Rory in it and he grinded it out on, on a course where the scoring wasn't that high and he just kind of grinded everyone down. And like, this is a way better setup for him. His irons can absolutely light up for a week. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about the ball striking last week because I think that was more of just, you know, maybe he didn't like the course or this, the setup was too long, but he gained seven strokes at the Shriners T16 at this event last year. I think as a player who eventually will find a win on, on the PGA, because he's just that kind of, you know, player who he's just, he's good at certain things. And he's got self-belief. So um, I really like him this week. I'm definitely going to, he's, he's on my betting card already. And I think for this range, again, I don't have a problem with a lot of these players. Like I think Harris English is someone you should play at this, at this point. Um, I think Scott Stallings is interesting as well. Going to consider him for betting, but there, I mean, like the consistency of Hardy, Smalley, Andrew Putnam, just like, I mean, Putnam's played well. He sets up perfectly for this venue. So those, you can, you can, again, you can make a lineup from this, this range. And I don't even think it would be terrible. Uh, listen, uh, I get it. Uh, I I'm with you, but I will say 
And maybe I'm taking a stand because it's the swing season. Maybe I'm taking a stand because I want to be dangerous. My favorite guy in this range you did not mention. And maybe it's just because he's just a tad lower. I really like Davis Lipsky. David, David Lipsky. I can't David. even. I was thinking of Davis Riley. I was answering a question from Chad. I like David Lipsky quite a bit here. Uh, this is a guy you mentioned Aaron Rye. I see a lot of that with him where he's had some success in Europe. Now he's over here and he's starting to really string it together. 10th at the Worldwide Technology at Mayakoba, 22nd at Houston. Good short game around the green. It's not a problem. He's not really strong off the tee. I don't think he's punished for that here. Lipsky at 75. I think this is a buy. I think this is a guy that we're going to learn is a lot better than people realize. Really good iron player. Like when he gets those iron mid to the short irons going, he can absolutely just, just get on fire. Um, worry a little bit about his around the green game, but this, you don't miss many greens here. So, yeah. And lately it's been like unsustainably good. Right. So uh, yeah. I mean, he's put together four cuts in a row. I mean, I, I definitely don't hate it. Positive I think too, around the green. We're, we're looking for players here too. Then like the other thing is like, all these guys we mentioned, I mean, everyone is, is going to have some piece of ownership. I really don't think like he's going to get up there at all. Like, I mean, Not this is all. probably a player you may get 5% on. I mean, which in this field, again, very good stuff. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't, again, I mean, we can, we can kind of make arguments for anyone, but he's played well. He's a player I've been on before. He made me some money in Mexico earlier this year. So I'm, I'm all about it. Has he ever played here before? I, I missed the cut here last year. I mean, again, it's oh. one one event. Who cares? Well, that's uh, it. Interesting. Hey, take it away. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Dusted. He played here last year? I didn't even know that. It says he missed the cut. I think it was last year. Oh. I didn't know that. It doesn't matter, obviously. Doesn't matter uh, all right. Let's keep working down because, again, this is, this is a pretty target-rich environment, but we've got to try to see where we can find certain players. And now we get to the, the Mullinax, the Jaeger, Davis Thompson is a name we continuously talk about with the ball striking. Troy Merritt, Taylor Moore, Benny Hahn. I mean, what what a what a mess. Uh, talk to me about Jaeger. We have to start with him. I know he's your guy. Is he going to be on the betting card? Is he going to be in the lineups? Yeah, I mean, I, I just I don't know where to where this guy's like should be targeting him. I mean, you you think shorter tracks for him? He doesn't hit a big off the tee, but then he pops up with like the top ten last week. I, again, like, I, I think I would rather target an extra player. Like I would rather put like Aaron Ryan Lipsky together. I think this week than, than Jaeger, I think it for DFS, he's fine. He's actually playing. It's, it's so strange because how inconsistent this guy's been throughout his career, but he's playing extremely consistent golf. Like it's, it's, it's absolutely fine. I think it's 7,300 to go back to him. I like Lee Hodges more. Um, okay. Absolutely. Like Lee Hodges more. He's just the, the ball striking is there for him. I think that the iron play for Hodges really will come through for him at this, at this point uh, on this kind of course. He's again, like, and you look at what he's done, he's been pretty consistent, just like bouncing back from missed cuts. It's not a player who's been going in the tank after like one bad round. And I mean, again, he shot 69, 73 last week, not that bad. So I, I do like Hodges more than Jaeger. Um, and I'll drop the Davis Thompson knowledge. Apparently Davis Thompson has played this course a million times is some, some relative of his like works on sea Island so he's got a big length to this, this venue and course. I, the setup for him is what you call not ideal, I guess, because he's, he's like his strength is off the tee. But you know, typically when we get players in, in comfortable settings, they, they at least make us cuts. You know, they, they, don't, they don't put in terrible weeks. So just a little bit of knowledge there. I mean, it's, 
make of it what it is. He's been pretty consistent in the fall. I like Hodges though, from this range. Um, I think the, the most of anyone, no problem going back to my guy Jaeger. I don't know. He might get a FOMO bet at the very end, but that's about it. Yeah, I looked. So no problem with Davis Thompson. I looked at Hayden Buckley and Sig because they've basically made a cut. Every time you've played them, they're finding the weekend. Yeah. I just don't know. You know, can they pop? Of course. Do I see anything that says this is the week? Not really, um, to be honest. They, they, they're just kind of indifferent plays. Can't play everybody. And I'm going to continue to say, like, Justin Lower, now that the putter has kind of regressed, probably an odd man out for me. Taylor Moore, probably not really scratching the surface of my lineups. Ben Griffin, I mean, first of all, and I am a fellow member of the clan named Ben, there's an abnormal amount of new players named Ben. <laughs> Have you noticed this? They're ben Griffin, Ben Taylor. Taylor. Ben Martin's always been around. There was another Ben in, in a tournament uh, the other day. Ben Kermit, just like, yeah. it's absurd. Ben Crane's I can still them all. Yeah, yeah. What, what are we doing here? I'm not playing this guy. I think we both talked about that. I'd rather play. All right, let me ask you this, because you've talked about Lee Hodges. We've talked about Jaeger. Give me of these names, if you had to play one, because these are names. These are real players. Yeah. Sepp Straka, Luke List, Svensson, Justin Sue. Yeah, and I, I mean, Mullinex you could throw in there too, right? Yeah, Mullinex. There you I mean, go. These, a, these are legit good. names. I would probably so I'd probably go to Molinex. Um that's why I threw him in. I mean, I just think that he's he's a very talented player. Um probably doesn't get enough recognition yet. I think that I like I think he'll I will not be shocked. Best player in the field. <laughs> and like for him to be 73 after a T4 last week <laughs> seems weird. So I would go to Mullinex. I do like Justin Sue this week, though. Um, I think he's a really good, like, contrarian angle. Again, starting to make some cuts, finding some consistencies. This is just another player who, you know, I think will we'll find a way on the PGA Tour. He's not big off the tee, but, you know, he found a way to grab that Corn Ferry Tour win. He, he can get real greasy around the greens and with the putter as well. And much like, I, like when I was talking up Aaron Rye, I mean, I think that these kind of setups where – You'll just see Justin Sue show up one week and kind of just take take control. So I think he's a really good contrarian play. I don't think anyone's looking at him this week. Um, I don't know if I'm going to bet him, but definitely like for DFS, again, we're looking in these ranges where I think a lot of these players are going to soak up ownership. That's a good, that's a player I don't mind taking a shot with this week. Really good young player, wide open event. Why not Justin Sue this week? I mean, I, I, I got no qualms about it, but my favorite play is Molinex in this range. He's just, too cheap and i think he's just the best player so yeah like i said you'd be on the list someone would say you know what trey mullinax best player in this field absolutely uh, yeah i can make an argument like if he didn't get a freak accident i mean this was a guy he's competed in some majors he's he's a player always been a fan of mullinax yeah. i also just like him uh <laughs> like i just i just like the way he plays he's and, he's got it all man like he's strong off the tees short games improved he can he can get it done Luke List's putter right now. No, dear God. It is, his putter is never good. Then he has stretches where he's like ice cold. Yeah. He's in a different, I don't have the words to describe what he's doing. Have you seen these putting stats? Yeah, no. 
I mean, I, I don't know how he made the cut last week. <laughs> it's impressive. Both. Even at the, he's, I mean, well, there was. He's, he's made two cuts in a row too, but I mean. He's losing yeah. five strokes putting, not in a tournament, just every week. There's a, there's a place in the Fantastic Four comics it's called the negative zone. They go sometimes. I don't know what <laughs> exactly happens, but like Luke List is legitimately in the negative zone. I mean, he is okay. legit. He's living in another universe in terms of his putting. It is. It's not even like, I, I don't know how you could flip it at this point in one event. Like it's got to, you've got to see him just like not be so bad that he's like, like not in the bottom five first, I think. So that's why I, I didn't even talk about him in this range. I just don't even want to consider it. I mean, if he pops up think... this week and gains five strokes, buddy, I might just retire because that's just, it's like just too crazy. I mean, to consider no, that's too much. Yeah. How do you get out of the negative zone? I think they build some trans. I don't know, actually. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't that even could know why they went there in the first place. It was probably to find some kind of cure or something for something. The cure for Lupus's putting, they never returned. <laughs> that, that just shows how bad we're dealing with. They can't even figure it out in the comic books. Uh, I can't do it. I would rather play, I certainly would rather play uh, Justin Sue. Not even close. Um, before we get to the sixes and before we talk about our friends at BetMGM, another way to get a lot of cool stuff with promos, Bo Hostler, Molinar. I mean, there are names. There's definitely names. It's just a lot of guys that, of course, don't have complete games right now. Yeah. Again, you, you, can, you can talk yourself into a lot of players in this range. Russell Knox, again, tempting us with another top 30. We always like him at these courses. I mean... It's what about so Streelman? Streelman, uh, that's a name I could get behind. I mean, that's a player. Who, bad. Again, I mean, not not good for him, but like it wasn't too long ago where put put two cuts together, um, you know, 71, 72 at a longer golf course, not a big deal. He, he's a player who just, if he finds confident with, confidence with his irons, I mean, and the, the putter comes, I mean, he, he'll absolutely be able to get to 16, 18 under on a course like this, so. I don't, I don't really have a problem like taking a shot with him uh, just for DFS purposes. Anyways. Um, God, Chris Goddard here. Has he played this full? Goddard, I, I saw the name and I just, my only thoughts were honestly, I haven't seen him and he draws so much strength in my opinion off the tee. I yeah. don't know if he can separate. Uh, I've again more power to him. I just don't see it. I would much rather, again, I talk about Justin Sue already. If you want to take a shot with a younger player, that's, that's it for me. Uh, for, for the 7K, yes, Streelman is kind of interesting. I wouldn't have a problem like mixing him into GPP builds or core players. Um, I know I took a look at Sam Ryder earlier. But oh, I, God. I feel like we had that, that pop up in Mexico. and I, At some point, he might, he might do it. But, I, I, yeah, just not really a player I bet that often either. So, Streelman's kind of interesting, but after, after Sue and, you know, maybe a little Knox action, I'm kind of just, I, I'd be okay dipping into the six year range. Let's do that right now. I will say before we get, and there are definitely plays, you know, friend of the show, Stewie was just saying, there's all these guys are playable. It's true. In these weak fields, you absolutely can. Let's talk about bet MGM. You want two free months. And I won't be saying this again, because golf season's ending. And by the time I get back, it's not going to be the promo anymore. Two free months of Stochastics Plus Platinum when you register at BetMGM Sportsbook. So if you're in a state that has BetMGM and you say, you know what, I, I bet elsewhere, 
this would be the time. You're still going to get their risk-free bet, but we're going to give you two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. So all the tools that we've been talking about, that we've been highlighting, the ownership, the projections, everything for golf and everything in between for two months just by signing up. Link is in the description of this video. You click there, you know, you follow the instructions. You take it, you place that bet. Bet on anything. It doesn't matter. You're getting the risk-free. Take the shot, take advantage there, and then they're going to give you our, your information to us. We'll get you the two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum, a great deal and one we obviously want you guys to be aware of. Now, man, it is just, but it's funny. It's a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, I guess, for me. Because when I say, oh man, the 6K golfers in a field like this are terrible, but they're just the, the same golfers as the 7K range. Honestly, there are names yeah. down here. There's plenty of names that we play regularly. That, just, that's kind of why I said, I mean, like, might as well just dip into the 6K range. Yeah, why not? Because everyone, I, I even think there may even be some better players down here, like just in terms of their potential or, or, or guys I'd rather target. So uh, I know uh, Scotty in, in chat, Stewie's thrown out uh, Calum Taron. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, we we've, we mm-hmm. saw him pop earlier at the John Deere, another shot, shorter course. He's he's showed us something. I mean, he, he can definitely compete out here in fields like this. I think going back to him is absolutely fine this week. Um, and again, like Scott Piercy just tends to, you, you get him in these kind of style of events. I mean, he's, he's a little frustratingly inconsistent, but he, he's starting to, to show a little bit of something. And, you know, like he, he's a player who has won like multiple times on the PGA. Um, he, when he really gets it going and he starts to get confidence, he, he can, he can pop up. I, I don't have a problem going back to him here either. I think I'd rather, I'd rather play him again and go for the real upside than like take Zach Johnson, who I know makes a cut here every season. Um, so Piercy, Calm Taron, those guys in the 6,900 range. That's probably where I'd start thinking about. I have no, no issues with those type of guys. And I agree. Listen, it make getting six of six is needed for PGA. You got to get your guys through the cut. And that is the key, but it's not that simple as less like, Oh, I got six through. They also have to play really well. And there's a lot of guys at the bottom of these fields that are more likely to get six of six of six, but they're way less likely to actually give you a winning score because they're going to come in 53rd. They're going to come in 43rd. They're just not going to have enough upside. And that's something that we really need to try to be aware of. And I'm with you. I'd rather go for it. It's just a sliding scale of like, okay, I I say go for it. Does that mean I want to play like Fratelli? Because like to me, he's got all the talent in the world, but he just doesn't do anything. He go. Miscut upside is gigantic. He dunks. These are names I looked at, but I'm not sure I can click any of them. Yeah. I mean, again, like probably, you know, setting yourself a limit (laughs) as playing like one of these guys or something or like mixing them in probably wouldn't go that deep in terms of like uh, like a, a single entry lineup or anything like that. But I mean, there's definitely players. I mean, I, I again, I always come back to Norlander and t- these types of events. He's played really well at this course before. Um, just two weeks ago, you know, Mayakoba 15th. Irons and, and putting, I mean, that that's what he does. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw him out there as the player to target. But, you know, talent-wise, like Fratelli, yeah, you can make the argument. I'm Higo, I just I don't even know what's going on with this player. What a, that guy. What a strange player. Like to just show like such a have an elite stretch, come in, win, and then just like 
missed cuts, almost won this fall already. Like, I, I have no idea what's going on with that guy on a week-to-week basis. So I'll yeah. I'll stay away. But I give you one. There. I mean, he could if he yeah. pops and like, I don't know. I have no idea. Let me let me ask you this: Why? It, and I'm not saying he's mispriced because like he played god awful last week. But Dean Burmeister was oh. trending towards being like nine thousand, and now he's sixty three hundred. Yeah, the whole Burmeister thing. I mean, I, I just about forgot about him because he's so far down, and we always go buy salary. But like, what is going on with this? I mean, this is we don't see this very often on DraftKings. No. This is like the early days of DraftKings golf, where we'd always have like some random guy who should be eighty three hundred at like sixty three hundred, and he's gonna be like a he's, you know, he's going to be chalked. Like people are just going to be like, what is, why? Like, I mean, he's obviously a, a player who was trending well in the fall. And now DraftKings is basically saying he is Garrett Kago. Like, but is, is he really Garrett Kago? He's not. Like, he's not, he's really isn't. I mean, maybe he will be eventually, but I don't, I don't think so. So yeah, you're basically getting a little bit of a gift here, I guess. I don't, I don't really even know what to do with it because who are you pivoting to in this range? Like Trevor Cone, who the hell is that? Yeah. Trevor Cohn, our guy, Malnati. No, there's no one. It's it's either you you build lineups with Burmese or you don't. So, yeah. This is where, again, the tools are so important because the thing that's different in golf than, and I've said this a million times, but it's so important for people that are, are, are new. If you're talking about the NBA, if you're the wrong price and you're out there, even if you play shitty, you still usually get there. Because you just accumulate stats by being out there. You could put Rory at 6K in a golf field, and then he could just miss the cut. Yeah. It happens all the time. But Dean Burmeister is mispriced, but he also might miss the cut. So if our tools are saying that he's going to be crazy owned, he's going to be an easy fade for me. Not because I think that he's like, it's just worth it to roll the dice. Now, if people don't pick up on this, you can pay, I was going to say pay up for the studs. There are no studs, but you can pay up and build with three, four guys up there and then round out with Burmeister. And he, he's not much worse than your best players. So that's going to be an obvious situation. If you need salary savings, you got to go to Burmeister if he's not popular. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, those ownership projections, first thing I kind of look for during the week. Um, One interesting note to down here, Ashke Badia um, qualified for this event. He's at 6,500. Bet him a couple weeks ago. He was like 500 yeah. to one. Um, yeah. uh, in Bermuda. Yeah. He's a talent. Again, he could be the best player in the field. Uh, <laughs> like 17th last time we saw him. I'd rather take a shot on him than take a shot on like, like Brian Gay. Yeah who's just actually playing a Brian gay. I got to give him a shout out uh, when he does a lot of it's of course in the champions tour, but we saw him when he still gets to the right course, he can still put up a, a showing. Yeah. It's impressive. I mean, dude's like 50 now. I mean, it's and like, dude, he hits it like probably as far as like anyone else, like just a regular golfer, but he's, he's good with the rest of his game, man. Still, still legit. Um, but yeah, bad. Bad. is. I mean, again, talking about Justin Sue, same kind of deal. Like, player who could I, I think could just pop at any any moment in a field like this so um i don't mind o'hare here either i don't i yeah. think again, like, you want the true upside it's bad yet but o'hare O'Hare's got four top 20 finishes in his last 10 pga starts um he's he's like top up there with t to green driving accuracy and at bermuda 
he had a late double bogey there. He would have been like in the top eight, top five. So I, I actually think it's a fair play. He's better floor than, than Badia for sure. But yeah, both those guys are, are definitely, I had circled at the, the 6,500 range. Um, I, like Brian Gay probably is in play this week. Yeah, um, I know. It's, isn't that like, crazy? It's just, it's just crazy to say at this point, but yeah, you could probably play Brian Gay for all the same reasons that I just talked about O'Hare. So there we have it. There we have it, friends. We've arrived at the conclusion of swing season. Of course, when golf returns, we're going to return and we're going to be revamping. We're going to be adding stuff. We just appreciate everyone that stuck with us. I know golf is not on everyone's mind, but for everyone that shows up and supports this show, hits the like button, which really does help us subscribe to the channel, share it around. And of course, follow Jeff Ulrich at the fantasy grind. You can follow me at jazz Raz DFS and just be part of the community. Whether you're taking advantage of prize picks or bet MGM, or you're signing up on your own. We just want you as part of the stochastic family. And, and we want to give you some of the tools, but we really hope that once you see them and you try some of these things, you stick around. Cause that's what it's all about here. We're going to bounce on out of here. Any final thoughts, Jeff, before we depart? No, man. It's like you said, like, I get it. It's NFL season, but like I had a yeah. fucking blast hanging out in the fall swing, doing these so shows much fun. Guys. So I Next love talking year. about golf. Uh, really just happy to do this show like on a weekly basis with you guys and with Ben, obviously. So yeah, sign up. We'll see you guys. I, I don't think we're going to be doing the hero. Cause that's <laughs> no, 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 no. Good. Be okay. Going crazy. Okay. No, we don't just skip the hero. Take a month off guys. We'll see you in January <laughs> for, for, for Hawaii. <laughs> there it is for me, for Jeff, for Tyler behind the glass. Good luck, everyone. Enjoy. You have questions, hit us up in discord, hit us up on Twitter, but until next time, PGA strategy show here at stochastic. Talk to you guys in the new year. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.